Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. Another day closer to the weekend. Another day closer to NHL hockey regular season. I believe it starts uh, next week. The Flyers have their last preseason game Friday, but how's everybody doing out there? Hopefully your weekend has been very good. Um, mine up and down, you know, you know, sports-wise, uh, wasn't the best, but like I said, another day closer to the NHL season, which I know my wife isn't too uh, too happy with because of uh, you know we got hockey going and then we got uh, NFL going, college football. Soon the man cave would be done, so she pretty much won't see me that much. But then again, maybe she, she might like that. <laughs> so um, lots to talk about today. A lot of drama in the NFL. And for the most part, not player-wise. Uh, one involving a head coach doing some extracurricular activity without his wife, um, and bringing back the the hot minute take segment. Uh, I have a, a little a little shout out, a little call out here for the Denver Broncos with their little crybaby head coach. But before we get into the show. Head over to our website, staytunesports.net, so you can follow all of our social media accounts, which is on the right-hand side there, Twitter or Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, because when I do have the Man Cave uh, all set up, <clears throat> I'm going to be doing um, live shows over there. And once I get into iRacing, get all that set up, I'm going to be live streaming there, too. So you want to make sure you click all those social media so you can get the links for all that lovely stuff. As well as if you want to buy some merchandise, um, up on the top there is the merchandise tab. With fall coming and, you know, the cool, cooler weather is supposed to be coming at some point. You know, it's 70 degrees here in Pennsylvania. But I'm going to make a, uh, a new hoodie with the, the new logo that we've had for the past couple months now. Uh, I'm going to add that to the, the collection as well. Um, we still have our uh, chat line. 612 STS chat if you ever want to give it a call and any opinions or, or praises or satisfies comments that you want to make uh, just give that a call and I'll put you guys on the show and you know give my little rebuttal of whatever you uh, guys are talking about um, but 
just like every show, I like to kick off. <clears throat> oh man, excuse me. Um, just like every show, I like to kick off about uh, our Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series over that gets broadcast over on Three White TV on YouTube. Uh, kicked off this past Friday, third race of the season, and they were at Iowa. And I'll tell you what, you know, I thought the second race of the season was the best. Well, this one was. You know, a hell of a race by all the all the racers, uh, the drivers. Um, a lot of good battles up and down the field. Uh, our boy Matt Cherry started off really good. Middle part, he was okay. And then, unfortunately, towards the end there, he, he was up there. But, you know, kind of got into a couple guys and ended up falling back to, uh, I think, like, 11th or so he, uh, he finished. But... Um, you know, still early on in the season. I think he's like sixth in points, so he's still right there, technically, uh, in the playoff uh, spot if it were to end today. But uh, you know, he like I said, he had a good race. You know, he, he led the second most laps um, among all the drivers. It was 200 laps, and he led 44 of those laps. Uh, a lot of slipping and sliding again by the by the drivers, and and he was one of them. Um, that was having a little bit of trouble, it, it seemed. But uh, kind of go off subject here in a way. You know, I always tell you guys, make sure you tune in and jump in the chat. Well, this was the chat you guys should have been in. I mean, you guys know I like my Jameson and my Mirror Light. But we had Beer Street Journal there in there with the uh, in the chat with us. And uh, we actually got some drinking games going as far as watching these guys race anymore. Um, so make sure you head back and rewatch the the video with the chat, and you can see all the drinking games we're coming up with. It. The one was uh, for every spin out Chris Darling does uh, take a shot, which Peter Short did, you know, say that correctly that uh, we would all be dead. But <laughs> give a little quick shout out to Chris there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I always tell you guys it's 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 fun. It's very laid back. No one's you know bullying or anything like that. We're all ballbusters. And it's definitely fun to to get in the chat there and, and chime along. But back to the race. Um, Tristan Maurer had a good race. He was, uh, I believe, he he was the pole leader uh, to get the race started off. Um, you know, one of my uh, drivers to watch that I, I said last week was Josh Sobel, and sure enough, I mean, he was up there. You know. You know, pretty much a lot of the race, uh, constantly getting his name called, constantly getting a lot of TV time there, um, watching some of the battles he was doing. There was even a couple times that him and Matt Cherry were uh, were battling a little bit there for uh, for position. But um, and then, you know, talking about Chris Darling, you know, spinning out, he actually had a good race up until about lap 50. Um, he was leading the. The race at that point and unfortunately pretty much like last season with his luck had a truck spin out in front of him uh he was about to lap coming off uh, pit road or so and just collect him up and pretty much you know blew up his engine so you know he was he was done with the race there um jeff price ended up winning it uh it's his first win of this season so he you know, with the win, punches his ticket into the, the playoffs. Basically, if you win, you're in. Uh, but if there's more than eight racers that win, then, you know, things kind of get 
a little bit more complicated but definitely like i said a, a very fun race to watch a lot of good battles and there was uh 31 trucks that started off the race 26 of them completed at least 75 percent of the race which i would even put that at like more like 90 percent completed the race so you know definitely definitely entertaining season so far you guys definitely should tune in uh over on youtube 3y tv make sure you guys subscribe to them again real close to the 1000 subscribers are supposed to do uh some type of video or something like that as a, as a thank you to all the the fans and I, t I say it every week peter and drew are, are the best commentators out there in the business that make it real exciting um as far as this friday they're at the milwaukee mile um so here is my three drivers to watch for this weekend over on youtube 3y tv 9 p.m eastern so the first driver is actually our very own matt cherry past two races he started in a top you know top three he, he was right there with almost winning the pole uh i believe the one race he did win the pole but up and down with his finishes you know i i i think he's gonna put it all together you know this week i'm hoping and finally get that win in the stay tuned sports podcast truck series uh column i know he got like a, a you know a third place finish due to some dqing of other drivers but i think he'll finally legit get a good finish here top three finish hopefully to get that stay tuned sports truck up in the, the winner's circle then my second one is randy purdue you know he's quietly having a a very good season um he put together two top 10 finishes in the past two races and he's not one of the, the bigger names out there like Ben Mashburn or Chris Darlin Josh, Joshua Sobel um, but he's just consistent so I think he's going to start opening up eyes by putting a, another solid race together then my third one is Nick Kessler uh, started in top 3 of, uh, started in the top 10 sorry about that in all three races of the season so far um, but he's been up and down with his finishes. Uh, for example, last week he finished top 15, which isn't a bad finish, you know, when you got 31, 32 cars. But again, you want to be in that, that top eight spot to make the playoffs. So I think he's going to put one together here and, and finally break into the top five, maybe even the top three. Sure, you guys have seen you know about the Notre Dame game Cincinnati finally beating them uh, broke the streak the home streak win for the Notre Dame fighting Irish and also pretty much sealing their fate for the playoffs uh, I believe they, they dropped down to like 14th or 15th I mean they still could get a, a pretty big bowl game just because of their name and if they could put some wins together but once again I mean all season long I've been preaching it, the offensive line. You know, that that was our biggest weakness every week, and it showed this week. Um, the two interceptions that 
Cone through and uh, Buckner through were basically because the lines let the holes open up and, and they were getting hit right before they threw the ball. Now, Cones, maybe he could have uh, had a better pass than what he did, but I mean, Buckner's was, was because of the pressure. And, you know, it, it made me think like, you know, we, we better did a, a good uh, recruiting job this past season to get, you know, get this line back up to where us Notre Dame fans are used to seeing, you know, Quentin Nelson with the Colts, uh, like that, that type of, of play. And so I actually did go back and look and we had a very good recruiting class season this, this past uh, off season. And a lot of these players that we recruited played in this game. So everywhere I was reading about these uh, recruits, pretty much say it's going to take about two, three years for them to finally gel into a, a solid line. So this this may be rough going for a year or two. Now I'm not, you know, saying we're not going to win anything next next year or or we're going to lose the rest of this season, but hopefully we're not waiting that long for them to finally gel together. Because I mean, I like winning, you know. I, I like seeing Notre Dame up there in the playoffs and watching people complain. Oh, you guys haven't won a championship. Oh, you guys should win. You guys have to fight for uh, a conference championship to be eligible. Well, we've shown it. We don't have to. And what this does for Cincinnati definitely cracks the door open a little bit to say, listen, we deserve to be in this playoff talk. Now, watching the the, the game, um, are they a playoff team? I mean, yeah, I guess. But they weren't championship impressive. You know, if, if they were to play Alabama today for national title, they'd get railroaded. If they played Georgia, even though I think Georgia's going to do their typical Georgia and choke one of these games, um, they'd get railroaded. Even you know, even I would even say Penn State would, would run over them, and I, I really think Georgia and Penn State is going to do their typical late season slip up and and lose their one of their games to get knocked out of playoff talk. But you know, Notre Dame, whether we're zero and twelve or twelve and zero, we're still a, a big name school, and for Cincinnati to beat Notre Dame, you know that's 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 a good. Good name to have on your resume that you beat to say, hey, we deserve to be in the playoffs. Now, if they could get a couple more wins like this, I think they could bust that door open pretty big and maybe compete for, you know, Penn State's spot. Because, I mean, I really, I don't know. I, I just don't buy into Penn State. It's not because I don't like them. It's just they don't impress me. You know, Georgia, maybe because, I mean, Georgia, I like Georgia as... A, a how do I say this? They are a tough team, okay, but they are known to choke, and that's why it's hard for me to put my eggs in the basket with them to say, hey, they could finally go for the national title. Alabama's Alabama; they're gonna probably be that way till Nick Saban dies. Nick, you know, Nick Saban is the Joe Paterno back in the, the, the 80s and the 90s. He's he's too good to beat, and he they're always gonna be up there. 
after that, there's a, a huge, not a huge, but a big talent differential between Bama and everybody else. Now, I kind of got off t- tangent there because I was talking a little bit about Notre Dame, but um, the one thing I did like about the Notre Dame game was Drew, Drew Pine. I'm glad Kelly put him back in there, but he's got to stop doing this whole quarterback by committee thing. And what bothers me was the comment he made after the game. Uh, Coach Kelly said that, we, you know, can't keep going like this. we got to figure this out, meaning can't keep switching these quarterbacks in and out. I don't understand why. I mean, Pine uh, against Wisconsin played really well when he came in off the bench. When he came in off the bench this week, you know, he, he played good until, you know, game pretty much got out of hand and they were forced to uh, abandon any type of running running game. But kudos to Cincinnati. Um, kind of rule for them. You know, kind of... Kinda, like the like to see them see how far they could go. I mean, our defense isn't scary, but I'm a little worried about Cincinnati's offense. The fact that they had a tough time getting going against our defense. This past week, Philadelphia Eagles played Andy Reid and Kansas City Chiefs, and, and I'll tell you what. Going into it, I even said to a couple of the guys at. Uh, the NSRA uh, league, I was expecting a 20-point spot. 20-30 point spot by Kansas City by halftime. I, I really thought they were going to just speed past us. I know their defense isn't the greatest, but our offense wasn't really that good the past two weeks. And I know I was a little rough on Jalen Hurts um, week two, week three after the week two, week three losses. But you know what? Like he played he did play a very, very good game this past week. He had one bonehead play uh, that oh, that was almost intercepted. Bounced off the ground, so he got lucky there. But these penalties, you know, Nick Seriani's gotta figure this out and, and get them under control. You know, we, we have the most penalties in three weeks, four weeks. You know, we're on pace to break every type of penalty record out there. And Andre Dillard, we need to just get rid of Mari. You know, there was, I, th- I believe, one touchdown play that got called back because of him. Devontae Smith had a breakout game again. He had one touchdown callback uh, because of a, a stepping out bounce. Which, I mean, I know that's the rule, like, you know, with what he did, you know, extending the arm when he was out bounced, this and that. But... He got pushed out first. You know, like, to me, if you get pushed out, you shouldn't have to, you know, be able to, you know, get two feet back in bounds, then be able to touch the ball. Like, you got pushed out, not on your own. You didn't run out of bounds. Like, I, that, that, that rule to me is a little ticky-tacky. I think it should be a little bit more common sense than, well, you know, okay, he, he, he stepped out, but did he get pushed out? Now, did he extend his arm, but did he do this? Did he do that? Like, I hate that rule. Uh, once again, though, very heavy passing. You know, Nick Sirianni just loves passing w- w- with this this team. Uh, Jalen Hurts passed 48 times. We only rushed 19 times. And eight of them were Jalen Hurts. Now, Grant, 
Miles Sanders got five more touches than last week, so he's up to seven. So maybe, just maybe in the next like two weeks, he'll get up to his 10 or 15. I, I would like to see him rush. But, you know, Hurts played good. Just imagine how much better he would play or this offensive line would be if we get Miles Sanders going. Gainwell had, had a, a good game too. Get both of them going. We don't need a powerhouse three down back. We don't need a Derrick Henry. I mean, it would be nice. Don't get me wrong. But the two backs we have could carry the load and, and you know, be productive. I would like to see more two running back sets with Sanders and Gainwell out there. Make the defense guess which one's getting the ball, you know, especially if you're going to do these RPOs. Fake the handoff to one and, and do a screen to the other or, you know, if you do that type of play and someone open deep, then you go deep. There's a lot of options there for that offense. Just like Nordane, we got to get this offensive line figured out. Got to get the penalties under control. Um, defensively, you know, for about five minutes today, I thought maybe Philly could go after Gilmore from the Patriots, who uh, was released. Well, he started to get released, and then turns out that he got traded to Carolina, which that's the team we're playing this week. So I'm not sure if he's going to be eligible Uh or even ready to play this week. He might even probably be on a, a snap count or something like that since he only has a couple of days. Um, but defensively, like I said, we need to get fixed. Fletcher Cox, just like last season, slow starting. Um, Justin Hargrave is the only one on that front line that's really pushing. Derek Barnett needs to get cut. He's making too many bonehead plays. Uh, penalties, I should say. Uh, Josh Sweat, he's he's getting there. He's, he's almost getting the sacks. He's getting the pressures. But 200 yards rushing against the Chiefs, who's a passing team. Got to fix this defense. I, I don't think Gannon, our defense coordinator, is the guy for us. I think we need to uh, look uh, you know, elsewhere. Maybe Marcus Freeman from, from Notre Dame. I mean, he, we do have a good defense there but you know uh, just a very underwhelming Sunday for me with my Eagles and even with Carolina coming up this week I expect them to beat us by 12 to 15 points just because again I mean if we gave up 200 yards rushing to Kansas City you have Sam Darnold coming in who's leading the, the league in rushing touchdowns if Christian McCaffrey plays that's another element that our, our defense has to worry about. You know, we're going to get gashed. Um, and our defense is not going to be able to, to keep up with that offense, which in turn is going to put us behind the eight ball once again, and we're not going to be able to run the ball that, that well. You know, we'll be passing 40, 50 times this game. So I'm not expecting much out of the Eagles this weekend. I'm hoping we win. Not expecting it, though. Now, I alluded to uh, this topic at the top of the show for the hot minute take um, about the Denver Broncos coach, Vic Fangino. I guess that's how you would say his name. Um, a little pissed off at, at Harbaugh from the Ravens for not kneeling down three seconds ago. Instead, Harbaugh decided to run the ball with Lamar Jackson to get... Uh, the rushing record 
or at least tie it, or keep you know to keep it going. I think that's what it was. He was trying to extend the uh, rushing record of how many games in a row for 100 yards. So here is my hot minute take directed towards the Denver coach Vic Fangino, however you want to freaking say his freaking name. So what I gotta say to you is, I mean, you play 60 minutes, okay? You don't play 59 minutes, 57 seconds. If you don't want that to happen to you, you line up your your biggest guys and you smash them. I mean, you you made the quote that you're not surprised. You you know you know you know how that organization is. Well, why don't you do it? Um. And if that's the case too, you know, you were down by a couple scores. Why did you throw the ball deep into the end zone? You know, you, you say you're worried about player safety. Well, that didn't show me that you're worried about player safety, especially if it's a Hail Mary or this net. So to me, this sounds like, you know, he's pissed off that this is like one of those unwritten rules that's supposed to not happen. Well, coach your team a little better. Stop worrying about records that they, they ran on you and just, win the right way that was our hot minute take don't know if that was my best one don't know if it's my worst why don't you guys let me know how you feel about um the unwritten rule type thing of supposed to kneel down with three seconds left and if you want to do that give 612 sts chat a call leave your message there I'll play on next week's episode. And I'll even give you a little shout out. Came out earlier this week, a video on social media. Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Kind of get a little frisky with a, a, a lady at one of the uh, Ohio bars. And, you know, you're probably like, Jim, well, what's the big deal? I mean, you know, it's just his wife, this and that. Well, Here's the problem. It wasn't his wife. His wife was at home babysitting his grandkids. You know, when Jaguars hired Urban Meyer, I had a feeling like this this is just not the right match. You know, like I, I don't know why Urban well, possessed Urban Meyer to decide I want to try NFL, I want to go to the NFL. But he's definitely making a fast track out of the NFL, which is kind of funny because you know you draft the best quarterback in the nation this past draft NFL draft you have a shit ton load of cap space now you're not going to turn the team around in one year but you pretty much have the keys to the, the house here if you want to call it that and then you start acting up with this type of stuff and, and now uh, stuff coming out of the locker room that the players don't really respect you ever since the whole USC job opened up even though you say you're not you know you're not interested in it well if this is his way of trying to get out of his NFL contract dude you got a lot more to worry about than the NFL contract you are going to be paying a shit ton of alimony now to your soon-to-be ex-wife, okay? There's other ways to do with this to, to get out of your contract. You, you know, look at Chip Kelly with the Eagles. He pretty much blew up that team. I'm not saying that Chip Kelly purposely did it. I mean, 
some of the trades he made are questionable. Kiko Alonso for LaShawn McCoy, basically. Um, yeah, I'm still pissed off about that trade. Stupid-ass trade. But if he's trying to get out of his contract to get the USC job, I don't even know if USC w- would even touch him right now. You know, this, this is way too much drama, and, and you're going from coaching men to coaching boys into men. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, USC will jump on him in a heartbeat if Jacksonville decides to fire him. Because there are rumors out there that the Jaguars executives are talking behind closed doors the past couple days. If they could fire Urban Meyer due to the moral, uh, morale cl- uh, clause. Sorry, I couldn't get that word out. <laughs> um, and if Jacksonville's smart, they should fire him now. I, because if the locker room doesn't respect him, that means they're not going to want to play. You know, they're going to show up, play crappy. You, you know, like I just said before, you just drafted a. Some people say, once in a generation, talent at quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, and you're going to be pissing that all away if you decide to keep Urban Meyer on for the rest of the season. And if that's the case, if I'm Lawrence, I'm asking for a trade. I'm, I'm doing something to get out of Jacksonville as fast as possible. Because just the past couple years shown, Jacksonville is just a drama-filled team, a city. Not, not to put down my Jacksonville fans out there that listen to the show. I'm not saying you guys specifically. I'm just saying the Jaguars are not a good team to be on right now. And especially a coach like Urban Meyer should know there are cameras all over the place. Everybody's videotaping you. And for you to say, oh, you know, I should have just went home, but, you know, they were trying to get me out of the dance floor to snap. But why were you at the bar first off when your players were on a plane flying home? Flying back to Jacksonville. Shouldn't you have been with that team? You just lost. Okay, you want to visit family. Well, your players don't get to visit family if they're at Ohio. They had to fly back home. So just the, the whole thing that the Jaguars, uh, Urban Myers, how he's handling everything. If I was Jacksonville, man, I would be getting out of there as quick as possible. Up next is our blue picks. And here is your Blue Picks of the Week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. So that's right. We're doing our Blue Picks week five, I guess. Yeah, week five it is this week. Um, Not that good of a week for me last week. You know, I I was on a roll uh, earlier on in the season. Last week, I think I went one and two. Um, Just to kind of recap, last week I had the Saints over the Giants. Our good buddy King is happy with the Giants' win. 
upsetting them. Uh, my lock, I had Chiefs beat Philly. I thought it would be a lot more of a lock than how that game ended. And then I had an upset. You know, I th- like I said, I threw a dart at the dartboards and see what would stick. Thinking the pa- Patriots would upset uh, Tampa Bay, but you know, for the first half, it looked like it was going to happen. But it's Tom Brady. You know, I should have known. So, uh, like I said, I went one and two this this past week, which brings my uh, season my record on the season seven to five. Still not a bad record. Hell of a lot better than the Eagles and and, and uh, Notre Dame. So, this week's picks, my blowout pick. Speaking of Tampa Bay, I have Tampa Bay over Miami. Right now, Tampa Bay is giving 10 points. I think they're going to cover that easily. Um, Tampa just hasn't missed a beat since the Super Bowl. And Miami's offense is probably worse than... than it's probably the worst offense out there. I think I saw like they're only scoring like 19, 18, 19 points a game. You're not going to win many games doing that. For my lock, for my no doubt it's going to happen, Tennessee over the Jags. Very simple. Too much drama going on in Jacksonville. And you got Derrick Henry. He may stiff arm Urban Meyer into the ground. So I got Tennessee over the Jags. And then for my upset, I got the Lions over Minnesota. Lions are getting 7.5. I mean, it's hard to go 0-16, okay? And with the extra game this year, it's going to be first time that we have 17, you know, games played. I don't think the Lions are going to 0-17. I think they're going to go 1-16. And I think this is the game the Lions are going to win. So, I got my blowout is Tampa Bay over Miami. Lock. Tennessee over the Jags. And then my upset pick, Lions over Minnesota. Keeping with some picks here. Uh, bare knuckles this weekend. I believe it's this Friday. Before I get my picks, I just want to give a quick uh, opinion about a story that happened this past week. A BKFC fighter passed away due to um, possibly injuries sustained during a fight back in August. Uh, Justin Thornton passed away. Well, offer my condolences to his family and his friends. I've seen a lot of uh, comments out there about BKFC now, saying it's done. Uh, you know they need to wrap up. Dana White making his two cents. I don't think they're done, but I think this is going to be a step back for them, and I will not be surprised to see if they institute some form of glove with. The knuckles still bare. I know they were talking about that in the very beginning, so that way the hand was still cushioning some of the blow, more so the knuckle. And the thing is, too, about this uh, injury that Thornton um, sustained. I, I mean, yeah, he took a lot of punches, but I think it was the fact of how he fell. He basically faceplant himself. Paral- he was partially paralyzed from some of the reports. Which, that's why I think happened, and that's my own opinion. I'm no doctor, but watching how it all unfolded that night, I had a feeling something bad like this was going to happen. And hopefully this is the only time that we have to talk about this, something like this. So, 
as far um, as the fights this week, and I, I picked uh, four fights to pick from, which is the main event, Joe Riggs versus Melvin Gillard. Co-main event, Christine Ferrer versus Kalista Sagado. Strawweight, Taylor Jenkins versus Randine Ekholm. And then a lightweight fight between Tom Schoff versus Josh Wright. I'm going with Tom Schoff. The mustache he has can't 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 pick against that mustache. You know he's got like that old 1856 twirly little mustache. So going with Schoff. Uh, Taylor Jenkins versus Randy Ekholm. Taylor Jenkins has the fastest women's knockout. Uh, it was a, a 20 seconds or so. I mean she just came out. <clears throat> I remember watching that one. She she just came out of the uh, the gate firing. Um, I'm going to go with her. going to go with Taylor Jenkins. I think she puts another good show on. Kristen Ferrer versus Kalista Salgado. Christine uh, won the belt. I'm not sure if it's online, uh, this pay-per-view, but I would like to see her and Beck Rollins fight. I, uh, you know, I, I think they fought very early on in the BKFC's uh, pay-per-view schedules. Um, and that was probably one of Beck Rollins' toughest matchups to date. So I would like to see another rematch of that. And if she wins, who knows? Maybe she'll call Beck out because Beck re-signed with BKFC and should be looking at a November, December, you know, fight night. Um, and then Joe Riggs, Melvin Gillard. This is not this, this fight should not last long. Both are big knockout artists. I was going back and forth all day today who I wanted to pick. I'm going with Melvin Gillard just because I think he's younger. Um, Joe Riggs got some miles on that chin. So I think Gillard's going to be able to connect a couple times and, and put him down and, you know, finish the fight quick. So that's going to be it for this week. Make sure you guys head over to staytunesports.net so that way you can follow all of our social media accounts. Um, on the right hand side there merch tabs up top Friday nights over on YouTube 3YTV 9pm Eastern stay tuned sports podcast truck series make sure you guys tune in this weekend uh, the Milwaukee Mile I'm telling you the chat's off the, off the hook most of the time you know so it could get real fun real interesting so make sure you guys come over chime in there and you know after you guys get done watching that Give the chat line a call. Tell me what you thought. 612-STS-CHAT. It's your good friend Jimbo. Till next week. See you later.